I mean, it was the look they wanted, and it's what they lined up in. So I don't want to say I knew right away, but I had a pretty good feeling, you know, pre-snap and then post-snap. It's exactly where we want them to go to. Josh threw a great ball. Dalton Kincaid, a couple of nice catches. He led the Bills in receiving on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Jeremy and Joe. Just Joe today. 803-0550 is the phone number. You can get in with Nate or with Sal. Uh, Sal coming up at 7.30 here on this snowy morning. Although, again, as I mentioned, it depends where you are because I'm looking out the window right now at clear skies. I mean, it was freezing, but nothing in terms of what's falling from the sky. And, uh, Nate, I think you uh, have something at least a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. big. I would say big time different in the city right now. It's white out. The like our streets haven't been plowed at all down here. Like we're like South Buffalo slash first ward slash downtown. I'm like, kind of like right in the, mm-hmm. in that area. And it is, uh, it is not good outside this morning. Yeah. The skyway I just saw has now been closed in both directions. There's a travel ban in a lot of those, you know, Cheektowaga, Orchard Park, West Seneca. You can get the full list over at WBEN. Uh, Buffalo travel advisory right now. No unnecessary travel. Um, so, but but man, looking at even some of the traffic cams that I've seen, like it looks like a whiteout even in the, around the city. I can't see the building across the street from me. I mean, it's it's that bad right now. Um, and like it, the the tough part about it is is there's that layer of ice that when it was raining last week before the snow came, and then so there's there's like a nice sheet layer of ice under all the snow that's here downtown so it's mm. definitely not ideal driving conditions uh i know our my my, my full-time job everyone's working remote today so no one's no one's leaving uh i spent the entire weekend inside it looks like i'm gonna be spending the next couple of days inside i will say the bills should get ahead of this they should reach out to that company that has those uh snow blowers uh-huh. in green bay they should get those. They should get those over here. I think. I I think they should. They should too. I also someone else tweeted, and uh, I think they go to UB maybe for I forgot what it was, but there's like a giant tarp you can put over the seats, over the whole stadium, and then you just have a tractor pull the tarp um, after you know after the snow's falling on it. So they they at least have more time, right? Like I can't imagine the snow piles that people are sitting in are as are as big on Sunday. I would hope so. Yeah, I mean they, they've got a couple of extra days to to clear snow, but uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. We haven't had any snow all winter, and then yeah. in basically four to four or five straight days, we're going to get a year's worth, a, a whole season's worth of snow right in between two Bills home games for the playoffs. Not uh, yep. not exactly. I saw Ben Volen. Uh, I think he's the Boston Globe. Make a good joke. Uh, it was easier having to work around home playoff games when the Bills were never making the playoffs. You know, <laughs> right? So th- on on that too, like, man, how much it will actually impact them? You know, might come down to whether they win or lose. If they win, then we'll forget about it forever. And if they lose, then I, that that's the thing. The last thing I want to hear for eight months is the season ended because it snowed a lot and they had one last day of rest and maybe, Hey, like, I don't know. Are are they all going to get to the stadium today? I guess in Orchard park, it's not great either. The the last thing I want to see is we have to do this again, where we have to try to figure out like how much, you know, one fewer practice and one less day of rest is like actually impacting them. 
Yeah, listen, I mean, I think about last year, right, that that home game against the Bengals, which it just kind of felt like the culmination of an exhausted team. And, and it felt more like an anomaly in that game because there wasn't really a lot of snow. It just snowed during the game and footing was being talked about a lot. And then, the, I don't know, the vibes around that game didn't really feel great. The vibes feel very different this year for this home game against the Chiefs. And maybe there's a lot of reasons for that, Joe, but like, the snow, I don't know. I can't imagine anyone's going to look back and think, unless unless there's just a lot of snow falling during the game and, you know, one team is unaffected like it felt like the Bengals were last year. Just the Bengals felt completely unaffected by the elements in that game last year. And it just was weird because the Bills were home and they Josh Allen has played well in every elements type game that we've ever seen Josh Allen play in. Uh, obviously, last week was just cold. Um, but I think back to like the Eagles game where it rained the entire game from start to finish. Um, and he just was completely unaffected uh, by the conditions. The only time where you, you watched a game and watched Josh Allen feel like he was affected by conditions was the new England game. And it was the high winds. And frankly, he still was completing passes in that game. Um, so, yeah. you know, I, I think for me, I, I can't imagine a scenario where we look back and we say, man, if they just had, could have had better weather, um, that that would have been the difference in a, in a game against the Chiefs. Both of these teams are cold weather teams uh, that played in you know pretty frigid conditions a couple of days ago. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm of the mind that I don't expect conditions, whether it's cold, snow, precipitation, short of wind, yeah. um, that are really going to affect these quarterbacks. I mean, these are the two best, strongest arm quarterbacks in football. Yeah, and all of this files under things that no in, in 20 years will still whatever happens in this game on Sunday it, it will come up and no one will remember that oh they had one less day of rest you know when you think of all the the Manning and Brady battles you know that they had over the years does anybody remember like no. w- whether they had healthy linebackers for that game like maybe that should go into the analysis but it won't and that is I mean Nate like the the legacy that is on the line this week for Allen and the Bills versus this opponent. I mean, you finally have them at home, and it really is going to feel like for that, if if not now, when? I like the idea that it's definitely it's definitely a legacy game. Um, it, it's sort of it's it, it's sort of a legacy game for Josh Allen in that I think a lot of people like you know this week you're going to see a lot of the conversation around Brady versus Manning, right? And I'm not there yet because this feels way more like Brady versus Roethlisberger because it doesn't it sort of feel like Brady and Manning is Burrow and Mahomes, right? Like because uh-huh. Burrow's beaten them in the playoffs and Burrow's gone to a Super Bowl, the Bills have not gotten there. The Bills have not been able to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. They're 3 and 1 in the regular season, by the way. Um, and so it feels like, yeah, this Bills team has figured out ways, Josh Allen and Sean McDermott have figured out ways to win in the regular season. And they're always on some kind of final play. You know, it's the, the Milan or the Taron Johnson interception last year. It's the, you know, what will be remembered for the Kadarius Tony offside this year. Um, and it always seems to come down to sort of one play. And even in the playoffs, it's come, it feels like it comes down to one or a handful of plays at the end of a game a uh, short of the game that they just blew the Bills out in the AFC Championship game. But th- this yeah. definitely has the makings of a legacy game on where 
everyone is going to talk about this Bills team and Josh Allen 10 years from now. And that might not matter for a lot of people. There, there might be people say, I don't care what ESPN, what FS1 will talk about the Bills 10 years from now when Josh Allen is you know, either retired or close to retiring. But I think in the moment, it's, it, it's interesting to reflect and to think about the journey that this Bills team has been on in this Super Bowl window and to feel like this year of all years might be their best chance um, certainly yeah. feels weird considering where a lot of us were at the end of November or really mid-November with this team. So um, yeah. the, the, the conversation of Alan Mahomes is going to be a super interesting one 10 years from now, and it might totally change based on the results Sunday night. Yeah. Well, also, too, like, what, I guess the the reason I really like the Manning-Brady comparison is those two, like, were all – that was always the quarterback matchup that everybody wanted. Like, any any casual football fan that anyone ever wanted to see, like, those were the two guys in the league that everybody wanted to see. And as much as Burrow has had his success, I, I feel like most football fans, if you ask them, like, okay, game not including your team, who can I watch? Like, I get two to go head-to-head. I think they want to see Mahomes and Allen. I don't think I'm just doing that because we're close to the situation here. The one difference, though, that I should point out, Manning lost his first six against Brady. And then he did win five of the next six uh, with the Colts. But Allen, like, it was only those two losses at the beginning. And I know the playoffs are, you know, the biggest reason, you know, why it feels like the Chiefs have their number. But, man... You could look at it a bunch of different ways. The way I have a hard time not looking at it is they are one stupid 13-second stretch away from having a four-game win streak over this Chiefs team. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely... I think when you think about legacy games, that was... It feels like a legacy game that was robbed of Josh Allen. Like a game that people... People will always think about and talk about that game, the 13-second game, but what's it get talked about? It gets talked about about how the Bills blew it, not about how Josh Allen had one of the most incredible performances of a quarterback in, in, in NFL history because he was kind of, in that game, out, out-dueled in a way, um, or at least there were just 13 too many seconds left on the clock for Patrick Mahomes. And obviously, and, and here's another talking point of this game, right? I saw Benjamin Zolak tweet about this. Is this game is going to be the first game played since, between these two teams since the rules in overtime were changed because of the last time these two played in the playoffs. And I think that also maybe ignores the fact that the Chiefs the year prior lost in overtime, I think, to Tampa Bay. Was it? No. Who, who did they lose to in overtime? They... Was it the Patriots? Who, did Tom Brady who... and the Patriots beat them? Yeah, that might be right. And, and that conversation, the Chiefs were the first ones to the table – trying to get that rule changed. And now it's, well, they yeah. changed it because Josh Allen didn't get the ball again. And, oh, man, wouldn't it be something if, you know, the Bills uh, Bills Chiefs go to overtime, the Bills score a touchdown, and the Chiefs go down to score a touchdown, two-point conversion, and win. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, that'd be something. I, it would be terrible. It'd be the worst thing that ever happened. But at the same time, it's so funny how things in the NFL changed, whether it was outlook about Josh Allen whether it was literal rules to the NFL to the NFL rule book from that game, that game had so many consequences that I had a domino effect, not just on that game and those teams, but the NFL at large. Like that's 
that's sort of the legacy level that these two quarterbacks can create in a game. Like literally rules changed in the NFL after the last two times, yeah. the last time these two played in a playoff game. That should just kind of give you an idea of how important of a game um, it can be when these two quarterbacks face off. 803-0550, you can get in with Nate if you would like. DJ in Lockport here. What's up, DJ? Hey, good morning, guys. Nate, uh, Joe. So, I obviously, I'm, I'm scouring the internet, watching everything I can about this game, about everybody's thoughts on the national media. I listen to you guys every single day. Uh, I have not heard the name Tyreek Hill yet from anybody in the outlier that this, this man is no longer on this team and available for Pat Mahomes. I feel like he was the biggest median of why they won that game in 13 seconds, obviously with his 70-yard-to-the-house run, or his uh, passing, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. catch and run. But I, I, he's not on this team anymore. He was so good. He literally made Tua the type of player that we should have been worried about until we started actually beating them. But him not being on this team is such a big outlier for this game coming up. I'm not mm-hmm. – obviously Mahomes is great, and I'm worried that we would lose the game. But by no means do I – feel like I'm scared of their offense anymore because that man is not on the field anymore. I think McDermott is smart enough to, to scheme ways to make sure Kelsey's covered. He might have a couple catches or a couple, you know, touchdown here or whatever, but I just don't think that they have they have the weapons to just outright beat us, especially with McDermott, how he's been coaching the last, what, 10 games or whatever it is now. They've been under 20, I think it was 75% of the time this season, I just I I feel like that's a huge huge deal that Tyreek Hill is no longer on this team yeah. going into this game. So I'll hang up and listen and have a great day. Everybody stay safe. So thanks thanks DJ for the call. Um, we've ca- that's kind of Nate. Like we've kind of said that this week without mentioning the name that I think DJ is right to is that's why they're the most vulnerable. Right? Is they don't have Tyreek Hill and I pointed this out in the first segment of the show. Their plan to get a poor man's Tyree kill, Kadarius Tony, is completely blown up in their face. Do you feel, Joe, if you go back to, was it week five, uh, week seven? But when did the Bills play the Chiefs? It was earlier this season, right? It was week no, eight. No, that, that was, no, that wasn't, that was later than that, wasn't it? We were later. out of the bye. So week, okay. week 14. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So week 14. Uh, just, just for the sake of the conversation. Do you think that game on after the Kadarius Tony play where they get called back and it's third and fifteen, they get they get three shots at fifteen yards and they don't get it. Do you think that game ends differently if they have Tyreek Hill? I think the Chiefs win that game if they have Tyreek Hill. Right. Yeah. So I think it's a great point that DJ made that I hadn't even considered because it's been two years now and Yep. And this offense is definitely they won a Super Bowl without him. Right. So I think that should be said. But I also think that you can leave space in your mind to understand and think about the struggles this Chiefs offense has had. Um and I partially, Joe, I think this is because Travis Kelsey has not looked like himself. I mean, a shell is is it fair to say a shell of himself? He, I, I think it's I, another comparison I've liked to make on him is it looks like Cole Beasley's last year as a Bill to me, uh, where he's yeah. still getting targeted a ton, and you look and go, well, the numbers are still pretty good, but you see the efficiency is way down, and I mean, what do your eyes say? Your eyes say, man, that guy looks old, and he does not look as athletic as he used to be. Yeah, and and 
listen, when you are that big and you take as many hits as Travis Kelsey does, eventually it, it, it comes together and it comes together quickly. And I feel like it came together very quickly. Like, he had a couple of drops last week in the cold. I've just never seen Travis Kelsey make. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, this goes in a couple of directions. Yes, they won a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill last year. But is anyone as concerned about this Chiefs team as they were about last year's Chiefs team on that offense? Like, Rasheed Rice is a nice player, and Isaiah Pacheco is dangerous. Obviously, he was not um, you know, in the, in the lineup in mm-hmm. that Week 14 game against the Bills, but – I don't know, Joe. DJ makes a couple of good points about the fear of this team going into this game compared to the fear going in two years ago, or at least the anxiety that they have a player that at any point can change the game for them. And it's not even Patrick Mahomes. It's someone that he throws the football to. I don't think anybody feels that about this team and in this game. And I think you've seen them struggle enough against the Raiders, struggle enough against other bad defenses, defenses that really just aren't that good this year, and lose to teams like the way that the Bills have had a couple of times this year, where you feel as even-footed with this Chiefs team as you ever have, is they just don't have the player where you're like, man, if we feel good about each of these quarterbacks that they're close, there's no guy on the Chiefs right now, especially on the offensive side of the ball, you're like, man, he's just so much better than any player that the Bills have. And that maybe they had that defensively for a long time with Chris Jones. The way that Ed Oliver's playing, hmm. I don't think they have an offensive or defensive player where I'm like, there is no one on the Bills that is as good as this player on that side of the ball. I, I, I truly don't believe that about this Chiefs team. Yeah, on that matchup, Bills kind of defensively against the, the Chiefs offense. And we'll see. We didn't really get much of an update yesterday, really at all, from Sean McDermott on – the defense. The only thing we really found out is officially Taron Johnson's in concussion protocol, and that's going to be tight. I mean, clearing that protocol in six days is usually pretty tough for these guys, but we'll see. That defensive line is healthy, and if those receivers aren't going to get open, what you're seeing a lot more, Nate, from Mahomes this year, I think, is the need to scramble around and extend plays. He's always been able to do that. But it feels like the the volume of that has gone up because guys don't get open. He has to extend plays. And, man, the way this Bills, the, the, the way the health is going right now on defense, I feel like the Bills are going to have to force him off his spot defensively because that D-line right now, Rousseau and Floyd and Oliver should have been the first name I really mentioned there. Jones, like, that's where they're healthy. And I think that's, if they're going to have a great day Sunday, they, it might need to start there. They need to have one of those games where the pass rush and the coverage are just in absolute lockstep with each other because they it, it's it's unique to me. A lot of people said, well, linebackers, how important are linebackers? Bills can overcome linebacker injuries. And if you remember on the Taron, Don, Taron Johnson interception last year in that regular season game, it was two guys. It was Von Miller and it was, and it was Matt Milano. And I think against the Chiefs, your linebackers become incredibly important against the Chiefs because they're the guys that are spying or cueing off of the quarterback when he breaks the pocket to either basically add a fifth rusher to go after him and try to get him down, um, or their job is then to cover the middle of the field where he does his big, the, probably the most damage with Travis Kelsey. So not having your linebackers or at least healthy linebackers in this game could loom incredibly large for the Bills, but I think you can, if you can find a way to marry the coverage, like I, I think about the Bills against the Dolphins really in both games, um, is their, especially the week four game, their pass rush 
got after Tua, and he had to hold the ball. If you can make Patrick Mahomes hold the ball but keep him inside the pocket, um, you can really start to dictate the terms of that offense. And as long as – I think the underrated talking point in this game will be which of these teams' running games will have the advantage. We, obviously, the Week 14 matchup – the Bills and James Cook absolutely dominated the matchup running back versus linebacker. If the Chiefs can dominate the running back versus linebacker conversation in this game, they can get the ball in the hands of Pacheco and get him downhill mm-hmm. and break off. If they can average three, four, five yards a carry, that's going to be a tough situation for the Bills to overcome defensively. I think it starts at linebacker for them in the, in the run game. But for me, Joe, if they can be effective rushing the passer but keeping him in the pocket, not letting him bail out, where you can extend plays to five, six, seven seconds, um, I think the Bills can have a lot of success. They've shown they can have a lot of success. Um, obviously, Mahomes is just a different animal. But I think for me, timing him in, keeping him in the pocket, um, if they can marry the pass rush with, the, with, the, um, with coverage, which they've been able to do a couple of times this year at a super high level, um, they can absolutely stifle this, this Chiefs offense. 803-0550, one last call to get in with Nate here before we take a timeout. Rob and Tonawanda is next. Hey, Rob. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Um, yeah, one thing that I was thinking about while you guys were talking here, and I'm not sure how much of a concern it is for this game, but the more I think about it on a macro scale kind of has me, uh, I guess, anxious is, you know, is it concerning for you guys at all that the Chiefs really had to get knocked down a peg or two with losing Hill and, you know, looking like they're slowing down rather than the Bills step it up a peg or two in regards to maybe improving the roster and, you know, just catching up to them that way? And You know, I, I'd feel a lot better if the Bills – I guess you could say made the moves that got them closer to the Chiefs level as opposed to the Chiefs, you know, getting knocked down a notch. Thanks. It's that's an interesting question because I kind of agree, Nate, with the sentiment that like the reason that I feel more confident than ever about Sunday, I think has more to do about the Chiefs. But I guess what you know, what did you want to be different? Did the Bills miss an opportunity? To capitalize on the Chiefs, I, I, I mean, I'm not definitely not willing to say that before the game on Sunday. They were uh, with Tyreek Hill. They again were thir- you. You said it. They were 13 seconds away with that team at full force. That's the NFL, isn't it? I mean, the NFL is a not for long, but b the, in the salary cap era, it's almost impossible to maintain your core group of players that are all getting paid at the same time to be young, being getting paid and playing at a high level all at the same time. The chiefs had lightning in a bottle for three or four years and Hey, they won two super bowls from that. And you know, bravo. That's re- it's, it's fantastic. But what did we always say about the chiefs is that it was only going to get harder and harder because Patrick Mahomes is going to be making lots of money and now they're going to have to make a decision on Chris Jones. Chris Jones held out inside a one-year contract and almost didn't play for the Chiefs this year. Travis Kelsey's old. Every window closes. But the point that you make about teams that are quarterbacked by Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes is the windows never fully close because of who you have at quarterback. And what you have to do as a general manager, and Brett Veach and Brandon Bean are so good at, is finding ways to keep the bottom of the roster really good compared to the rest of the league. The Bills can overcome four injuries at linebackers. Not many teams can do that. Uh, You know, the Bills can overcome injury to Gabe Davis and have Khalil Shakir come in and not miss a beat at all. Not many teams can do that. You can lose if you're the Bills. Dawson Knox for a half half of your season and not really miss a beat because you have a Dalton Kincaid. So 
the Chiefs are the same way in that they're very deep. They've got a lot of depth, but their quarterbacks keep their, their playoff and Super Bowl windows open. I don't know that I necessarily agree that the Bills are catching them on their downswing because doesn't it feel like the Bills are kind of also on a downswing? Like they are not playing yeah. the same football we saw them play two years ago where they won 13 games um, or at the beginning of last season. So I, I understand the point. I'm not saying that I don't think the point's correct. I just think that it's the nature of the NFL that being at your best is maybe a one- or two-year thing at best. And can you, on your you know worst day or your the day you don't have your fastball or the season that you aren't playing at your best, can you still be competitive? And the Bills proved that even when they feel like you they're at their lowest point at 6-6, six and six, that they're still a team that can win a division. And, and I think you can say the same about both these teams. I tweeted it this week. It's like it's so fitting to get this matchup again with two teams who did not really play their best ball at any point. Even when the Bills went on a five-game win streak, at no point did you feel like the Bills were playing their best football. So I, I just think it's the nature of the NFL, the ebbs and flows of seasons. Um, they are marathons every year, and you get your worst and your best in a season. And I, I don't think that it's necessary that we're catching the Chiefs on, on the downswing, and, and this is how you're going to actually beat them. They've beaten them at their best in the regular season. So, you know, yeah. I get the point. And I, again, I don't disagree with it. I just think it's sort of just the nature of the NFL at large. And the, and the chiefs are a victim to that, just like everyone else. All right. Thank you, sir, for jumping on. Stay, stay inside. I'm sure you'll be staying inside all day. So enjoy working in yeah, your they, pajamas. I will enjoy that. I don't get to do that a lot. My buddy's a mailman. He said they canceled the mail today. So you know it's bad. Yes, all post offices in Buffalo I, I saw are closed today. So for, for those that are wondering, um, and as you know, whiteout conditions are you know in the in the city there. That's expected. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it, and uh, stay warm. No problem, dude. Yep. Thanks. We'll take a time out here. Sal Capaccio on the way back. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get some calls in with Sal as we go through the injuries and what the the roster might look like for Sunday against the Chiefs. That's coming up here on Jeremy and Joe. Jeremy off today. This is WGR.